Okay, so mashallah, this is uh, really amazing. Alhamdulillah, I mean, you were inspired by a scholar 
and an MMA fighter. I mean, this is very unique uh, for a person to be inspired by two completely different personalities, but having some traits that are very, very similar. Uh, and that is basically Islam, you know, where you have uh, courage and you have decency and when you have honor and dignity in whatever you do, Alhamdulillah, this is what Islam in fact teaches us. So my next question to you would be that, you know, a lot of people who have been through this journey of change, they normally go through certain questions in life. Like for example, who am I? What am I doing here? What's the purpose of all of this? I mean, these are some uh, pretty basic philosophical questions that I believe every human being goes through at some point or the other in their life. So I just wanted to know whether you went through a similar phase whereby there were certain questions that you had, perhaps uh, certain experiences, you know, oftentimes it could be bad experiences in life that lead a person down this path of, you know, questioning things that what am I doing wrong? Uh, what's the answer to this? So did you have any phase like that when you were asking such questions? Yes. Yeah, so first you start off with relationships, how you're supposed to be with a spouse. Uh, how because I hadn't really had a lot of good examples and you know radical feminism yeah. and liberalism I, starts to make you think I don't really think this is the way you're supposed to be in a relationship or in a marriage hmm. I don't really think this works this sort of open marriage swinger lifestyle yeah. where you know this dominating attitude it just didn't seem right hmm. so that's where Mufti Men came in was with his relationship series. And that was one of the main drivers was what are relationships supposed to be like? What does it mean to be a wife? What, what does it mean to have a relationship? Because many children like myself were born bastards, were born in broken families. Mm. And we recognize that, you know, something's not right here. Something is just not right. Because my mother was in the adult entertainment industry and several of my brothers, their fathers were drug dealers and they were shot and killed. They're dead. And we have a very shattered family. Yeah. So I wanted to know what is this patriarchal system? How does it work? What does Islam really say? And that's where that Imam came in. Mm. And when it came to Habib's side, it was about strength and honor. It was about how can you compose yourself as a religious person mm. while also not being weak, mm. not being feminine, not mm. being soft. And he was not weak when he was answering back Connor. Mm. And growing up in the hood and growing up in Philadelphia, growing up in very violent areas, we always many of us young young bucks when we were younger we thought you had to kind of assert yourself like a loud rooster to prove your point to prove you were strong to not get bullied mm. whereas habib kind of showed me the opposite he showed us and me and countless others who it's pretty interesting how many people are starting to come towards islam because of him yeah because by the permission of allah that you can still be the strong silent type reserved and have a formidable presence against somebody who is calling you names, who is disgracing your wife, who's making fun of your religion. And I started to realize a little bit of the showboatiness, the haughtiness that is actually wrong. Hmm. I started to not like it anymore because hmm. when you watch the fighter world, they promote the attitude. It's all about attitude, you know? Yeah. And I started to realize this attitude is not healthy. It actually is going to make people really hate you. And 
the mannerisms and Islamic mindset comes from the Sunnah and comes from the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his attitude and how he conducted himself with the Bedouins and such and his patience and seeing that exemplified in Habib pushed me to realize Islam is the religion where men can still be men, where men can still be masculine. Now I'm a woman, but we have to understand that we have women like Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, we have very bad women who are teaching us to hit men, to spit on them, to scratch them, to scream at them, to dominate them. And I realized that's not how a good wife is going to be. So there is this overlap of how do you be good in a marriage, like Mufti Menk would say, and then how do you maintain your attitude with good Islamic manners like Habib did with Connor? Mm. And then I started studying and learning and then realizing I need to change my character. I need to help others realize this is not the way. This, this, uh, this type of personality that's been given to us, taught to the youth through media, through musicians, and through Hollywood is not the way. So that was the bigger philosophical concept of manners strength and honor and what does it mean to have a marriage what does it mean to be a wife or a husband Mm. uh because none of my parents ever got married only my grandparents did and so you don't understand if you've never seen it so that was part of the question okay great so uh what exactly led you to pursue martial arts and to train yourself and to be able to develop yourself in a way that you're able to fight people off I mean, what pushed you towards that? That's what I would like to know next. Well, being heavily bullied. Um, I came from a poor family, a redneck family. Hmm. That's what they call it. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I was raised with my grandparents. We were poor. Hmm. And the more beautiful girls and richer girls were vicious. And boys were more than willing to smack on you, hit you, try to violate you. And I had to walk home alone a lot in the snow and winter and boys would be hanging out by the train tracks and there's a lot of gang members. So I had to learn how to fight to defend myself from being violated Mm. and to let the bullies know that, yeah, you, you may be, you may have better shoes. You may have a nice car. Your family may be rich, but if you try to put your hands on me, I will defend my life and, and my, myself, I will defend myself till, till I expire. So learning and doing that helped me, but street fighting led to that as well because there there was train tracks where we lived in a city called Ogden. And lots of, when you walk home from school, you have to go on the train tracks and a lot of bad people hang out on there. So I had to fight a lot. And the fighting was like, okay, you can't fight young forever because then you're gonna go to jail. Mm. (laughs) So you might as well take it to the gym and learn the right way and the police won't bother you. Because uh, back then, it's different now. If you fight, you're going to go to jail. But when we were younger in those neighborhoods, you could fight and go home and you left it at that. The police weren't going to arrest you for fighting as young people. They would just tell you, don't do it again. Stop it. Go home. Right now, it's much different. But I had to fight a lot and defend myself from bullies. So that's part of what led to it. You know, I didn't want to fall on the ground and cry. I had to, you know, and also my cousins would get picked on. And I defended my family. I defended mm. my sister and I defended my brothers because they were little. Mm. So I wasn't going to let someone pick on me because I was poor and didn't have like proper parents. So that was part of the reason. Okay, Subhanallah, that's uh, really a fascinating story there. Um, 
on the other side, when you talk about martial arts, on the other side, uh, you happen to be someone who's a very avid reader as well. You read a lot of books. You do a lot of reviews of books. So what led you now uh, to go from uh, you know, learning martial arts and practicing martial arts to uh, becoming an avid reader, which is uh, what we can say is it's a lost art now. I always enjoyed reading when I was younger, but there was a gap when I tried to be cool when I was like in junior high. Mm-hmm. where you want to be popular and this was when like 50 cent came out this is when certain rappers like eminem came out mm-hmm. and it was no longer cool to be smart and we thought oh we like many of us young books we thought hey we have to put our books down we have to be like them we wanted mm-hmm. to copy them mm-hmm. so that caused a big gap and then when i went when i turned 22 when i was out of high school right yeah and you, I, later on when i had my daughter I realized, uh, you know, you grow up and you're like, I always love reading. Let's get back to who I always was. So I've always been a bibliophile, a seeker, a nerd, but a lax in guidance and parenting and bad role models distracted me for a period of time of junior high and high school. Hmm. So that was the only time I took a gap was hmm. because the priorities got distorted. So I've always been like that. And I, I truly enjoy it. Uh, I really do. I mean, I, I love it a lot and it fulfills my soul. So Allah has blessed me to have that attribute where mm. I literally could just read for like eight, nine hours a day, uh, just studying, mm. you know, being an intellectual, being in a library, you know, I'm always somewhere where there's knowledge being exchanged, but there was a gap due to bad role models. And in the music industry in the nineties in America, these artists were promoted to the youth and they were everywhere. So it was hard to not get lost, to go astray, you know, especially if you don't have parents that are taking those, taking the CDs away from you, right? Mm. It's very easy to get caught up the youth. It's usually what happens with the youth if they don't have good parents. Mm. Um, So I've always been a nerd, but I took a break because I was distracted. But thank Allah, I, you know, got back on track, you know. That's so true. SubhanAllah, while you were talking, I was thinking that uh, we were supposed to be a nation of Iqra. You know, the first revelation that came down to the Prophet ﷺ was Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Lazi Khalaq, that read in the name of your Lord. And the Prophet ﷺ, he, you know, he saw problems in society. He saw that, you know, women were being buried alive. Uh, he saw, uh, you know, alcohol and drugs and a lot of evil and vices, people going to war for very petty reasons. And subhanAllah, the first revelation that comes down is not that, you know, fix this problem or fix that problem. The first revelation that comes down is Iqra, is read. So what we understand is that as Muslims, it is so important for us to become people who read because we have to educate ourselves, understand what's going on, and then we'll be able to offer solutions, which is why I said that it's a, it's a lost art. And you very rightly pointed out that, you know, with these bad role models, like 50 Cent, Eminem, and all of these guys, and then you have the models and the actresses, uh, it's now cool to be ignorant. It's fashionable to not know things. You know? So this is where a lot of our youth become very impressed by these people, you know, being just impressed by the external and not being impressed by uh, how intellectual a person might be or how much a person reads or how much they understand things. That's not really a priority anymore. So I think it's a, it's a sad state of affairs whereby the youth are being led into this culture of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
you know, partying all the time. And unfortunately, we're now moving away from that culture of reading and understanding and learning, which is what Muslims were supposed to do in the first place. Now, coming over to uh, feminism and the feminist narrative, I, I would like you to, inshallah, give your uh, opinion on that, especially with regards to advice to young girls and women in general about the feminist narrative, you being someone who's living in the West, you're living in the United States, uh, you've, you've been through a lot of uh, these things and you've studied it on, on a philosophical level and you've studied it on a political science level. So what would be the advice that you would give to young girls who are listening to you right now? I would say that today's modern feminists are not at all what they claim to be in terms of we want voting rights and we want to own a business. They've gone beyond that. They want a matriarchy and they are systematically targeting the patriarchal system and putting, you know, their weird desires of a utopia upon the youth. And what I would say is that if you're hanging out with a lot of feminists and I'm in California, so I get to be on campus with them. I get to be around them. I, I had to work for them and I get to be around their, their energy and hear their voices. And I will tell you that you will become harder in your heart. And the way you will look at men and treat men is not sustainable. Mm. Men don't like, as I've gotten to learn and see, this domineering attitude where you flaunt your body in front of their face mm. and then run to human resources, HR departments, and say you're being sexually harassed this sort of uh, sell your body to pay for college and step on a woman's face also who's less than you to get to the top, to get to the job, sleep if you with someone if you have to to get the job because they break down uh, sexuality. They break down the, the uh, honor of you know, modesty and virtue. You, to them, many of them, if you meet them in person, they glorify abortion. They want to be able to have multiple lovers. They are no problem smacking men, getting in their face, ripping their shirts off, showing their breasts and, and screaming and, and spitting on men in their protests. You're going to find yourself really going down a dark path of self-mutilation. If you notice, there's the several expressions of feminists. Some of them, they grow their armpit hair out. They shave their head. And they are very just like in your face, screaming at cops, rioting, just really strange people. And then you get the more pornographic, catty, coochie mama attitude ones where they are nagging men to death. They see men as an ATM. And then you get the corporate kind where they really have this sort of passive aggressive domination of I want to get in this seat of power. I'm in power. Listen to me. And they become very ego, egocentric. Um, a lot of young feminists who maybe haven't really met many feminists think it's going to be this sort of soft utopia of girl power. It's not that. These very domineering feminists will be just as mean as a male boss, but in a different kind of way. Mm. A lot of young girls think that if we get a feminist matriarchal utopia, we're going to be brushing each other's hair. We're going to be kind. There won't be any more mean men holding us back. Hmm. Forgetting that women can be just as backstabby as anyone else, right? Hmm. Your genitalia doesn't mean you're automatically going to have a better character. Hmm. And I will tell you that 
you you will start to crave children and a lot of these feminists who have not had children there's something a little dark about them when they've had three or four abortions they don't have children they're not married they only think of like money and and pornography mm -hmm. and power you're not going to really enjoy being around a lot of these women and a lot mm -hmm. of them are addicted to uh pills a lot of them are on medications number one mm -hmm. a lot of them have insomnia there's a lot of issues with the way in which they conduct themselves that should show you as a as a muslim woman as a young person that maybe that lifestyle those values under the scrutinization of time will show you that the proof is in the pudding and they are not at all healthy role models mm. the way they view men the way they're always screaming and the way they always want power and the way they look at motherhood pregnancy and children and the way they put gay men above straight women who want to stay home. There's this strange, you know, dystopian new type of, you know, utopia they're trying to create that the feminists of the 50s, 1950s or 1960s would not recognize or agree with the way these new uh, far left uh, socialists and communist feminists are trying to distort reality they are very anti-religion number one and they are very anti-patriarchy mm. and very anti-straight male this is something that the youth has to realize okay they're really trying to push gender bender theory on the young men and a lot of these women they some of them they're very into dominatrix they're very into whip men and, and do a lot of perversions and intimacy it's really about like this super dark power, almost vampire-like attitude that they have. Mm. And you're not gonna find a lot of joy around these women because you're gonna think, oh, okay, I'll be a feminist. So we're gonna have girl power. I mean, whenever I work with these women and I had to tell them, I have to go with my daughter to a play at her school. Can I get the day off? They don't have children. They're very different than, than what we would expect. This sort of girl power that they claim when you work for them, when you go to class with them, you can see that, you know, they're not going to help you with money. They're not going to replace the men who are in charge. When you have a patriarchy in the Islamic system, the man has a duty. He's going to provide for you. He's going to make sure that you're safe. And if you take those men away, you're going to be on the government and you're going to depend upon you're you're a fellow feminist and most of the time they're not going to call you they're not going to pay your rent they're not going to be that replacement at all similar to what a patriarchal islamic system is that mm. keeps you safe and comfortable mm. if you want to have a small business and you want to have like an online business or something selling shirts or or being a, something you can do telecommunications at home that would be really good but don't get confused and think that like the feminist doesn't have a dark side because there is a dark side. It's not just about go to college, get a degree and become a billionaire like Rihanna or something. It's, yeah. it's, it's something different. There's a political mechanism because once you listen to them, they talk about balkanization. They talk about systemic dismantling, right? They have very specific language of distorting the nuclear family and having a social commune to raise children mm. and a lot of them are marxists and marxism goes against religion mm. so if you pay attention to them 
and you listen to them, you will see that, you know what? These women are actually kind of a little bit psychopathic. They, they're they the opposite, like the, the male feminists are also very weird as well. Mm. They're soft men who, who have been emasculated and they are not righteous, forward, straight men who have a sort of power presence given to them by God. They have tiny shoulders, no muscles, no testosterone. They do whatever the women say. And then the women are very strong. And then you can feel when you're around them that this isn't healthy. It feels very toxic. Mm. It feels very depressing, like angry. Like when they talk, they have a sharpness on their tongue. And this isn't happiness. They're mm. always whining and complaining. And they're on all these pills. It's like this is, or they're addicted to alcohol. It's not healthy. So I would tell you, I would tell these young ones, if you're going that way, really reflect upon if you will be happy if there's no strong, healthy, straight men anymore around to protect you, mm. especially if you are not a fighter and you don't have the Second Amendment gun rights and you're poor because the criminals, the cartels and the gang members, they're strong. So if if you have only weak men who are male feminists and soft and they let their woman have intimacy with any guy and there's no control. Ask yourself, who are you going to call when the healthy patriarchy system is gone? You're going to depend on the government? You think the government cares about you? No, the government is a machine that does not care about the individual. Hmm. The religion of Islam has a code that when you look at it, you realize you'll be safer and you can be home and it's okay to want children. You have to watch out for the anti-children propaganda because see these feminists today, they want they talk about depopulation. They want to depopulate depopulate the earth. They say, oh, we need to cut it because climate change, the you know, we can't afford to have this. So people gotta stop eating meat, they gotta eat tofu, they have to become vegans. Uh, we cannot have any more children. If you have more than two children, you're selfish, you're killing the planet. Uh, shout my abortions they do on Twitter and stuff. You can see this very anti-life, anti-family narrative that they're becoming more and more insane with. And the young ones, the young women say, be very careful because what you unleash, it's very hard to repair it, very hard to go back. So I would tell them, you can be healthy and vibrant and smart without getting around too many feminists. Because if you work for them, you're around them, you can see how this can go too far. You can see how it can spiral out of control and that we need straight masculine men to be in the military, to be in the police force. We, our society cannot exist without them. Any group that is trying to feminize, destroy and, and subjugate them is the enemy of life because this we have always existed with straight men who have protected us. They were our chief leaders. They were the captains on our ships. They led the world. And there was good women who had their children. But we cannot forget that we need them. We cannot have soft, low testosterone men to rule an empire. Because see, a lot of the feminists want robotics. They want artificial intelligence to come in. Mm -hmm. And then they want to have the army uh, to be filled with robotics. If you notice that DARPA, Boston Dynamics, they're starting to invent military robots. So the feminists think we'll replace the men with robots and we'll grow our children in artificial wombs. We'll put our children in daycares. 
you notice these feminists want to get rid of all the natural responsibilities. Mm. They want to act like bonobos. Bonobos are a primate that has intimacy with everyone. They tell people, oh, you can have three or four husbands or you can, you know, have three or four boyfriends. You know, we don't need to have any type of husband system anymore. Marriage is oppressive. Sleep with who you want. Get an abortion if you need it. And it's gone towards a route where these women, they get very miserable. They love their cats more than they love, mm-hmm. you know, their fellow human babies. And the young women must ask themselves, do you really, at the age of 31, you're going to want to have a baby naturally inside as part of your fitra. When you look at an innocent child and you realize there's honor in protecting that child and giving to that child, right? Mm-hmm. That's a noble thing. You don't have to go out and and become this sort of shell of a woman who is power hungry. Like if you want to be Hillary Clinton and you want to be that cold warmonger, a neoliberal warmonger, okay. But her husband Bill Clinton was, you know, not that good of a guy, you know. So if you want to go that route, know that the type of man you will attract won't be as righteous because righteous men don't like women like that Mm. no man wants to be abused and nagged and and hit on and his woman is never home and she's always gone and she's not affectionate and she's cold and she's had three or four abortions like that's a very dark woman Mm. you know it's okay for a man to want kindness and love and a family and he's going to want a woman like that so ask yourself do you want to be with a healthy righteous muslim man or do you want to be with a male feminist soy boy who's soft and you know will let you do whatever you want like a carpet? Ask yourself what will make you happy in the end. That's what I would say. MashaAllah, this is so profound uh, what you've just shared here. And you know, I've always gotten this question that, you know, why don't you get women to come on your show and talk about feminism? So Alhamdulillah, I'm really glad that we have not only a woman to come on the show, but someone who is actually from the West and who's actually studied this who studied philosophy, who studied political science, and who knows that uh, the feminist narrative is not just a narrative, it's actually a worldview, it's a, it's a complete way of life. You know? And oftentimes you'll find that Muslims, Muslim women will come to a crossroad whereby they'll find that Islam is saying one thing, and then the feminist narrative is saying something completely different. So that, that's where you really uh, become confused. So I think uh, coming from you, uh, this is really something profound that I think a lot of women can take home. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is that uh, whenever they paint or they give you an impression of the feminist worldview or when they talk about women empowerment, uh, it basically implies that you have to choose every single time career over family. Family is not so important, career is important, uh, and it's in fact a system to disrupt the actual family unit and the family system. So on the one hand, what they'll do is they'll tell you that you have to prefer career over family, uh, you be your own boss, you have to abide by no rules whatsoever, and you have to follow your own nafs and desires, uh, party all you like, you know, have these type of relationships, uh, try to be like men. So obviously in Islam, we don't even tell the men to do that. I mean, we even don't tell the men to do whatever they wish because we are all going to be under the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can never go beyond those commandments. So now the feminist narrative comes out and so does the liberal narrative. It comes out and it basically tells you, do whatever you wish. Basically do what you will. And this is what now a lot of women are being uh, bombarded with. 
a lot of the imagery you see in Hollywood, in the pop culture, you know, everybody, they would say, you know, you have to be like Beyonce, you know, have that type of lifestyle where men are throwing themselves at you. You have a high career. You are a strong, independent woman. Uh, you're living that lifestyle, that American dream, quote unquote. And so this is what is glorified. Now, what I would like to ask from you is that you mentioned that your mom was in the uh, adult entertainment industry and she's been through a lot, obviously, being in that particular field. Uh, how would you now explain to someone uh, who is watching, especially the women, who aspire to not necessarily go into the adult entertainment industry, but uh, who aspire to you know, follow that American dream whereby you can do whatever you like, you can have any type of lifestyle you want, you can have multiple partners, you can get a lot of money, and all of that stuff. How would you tell someone who is impressed by that lifestyle that that is not what reality is all about? Your comments on that. So when it comes to the sexual liberation, they glorify OnlyFans in the porn industry, okay? And what I dislike about these dishonest women is they censor people like me who tell you the dark side, Yes. And they even in the algorithms, they will say it's hate speech. So you're not allowed to say, hey, this is a dangerous lifestyle. Mm. So you a lot the feminists are lying to you when they say that you can dominate a straight man who is a, powerful in his sexuality. What do I mean is that let's say you have nice long those those dinosaur nails, right? And you have the fake eyelashes and you're all decked out and you have a lot of plastic surgery, right? and you get in the car with a guy and you feel like your ego is big, like you're some type of queen feminist. And you try to tell this man who is not a righteous Muslim or he's not a good guy, right? He has money and you think you can control him. A lot of these pimps, they will beat you. They will beat you. These bad men who are attracted to those feminist crazy type of women, they'll beat you or if they pay you like $2,000 to do intimacy, they'll make you do things you don't want to do. And if you don't do it, they can dispose of you. This is what the young girls don't realize. You're going with men who are either violent hmm. or they're wealthy and they can get rid of you, put you in a dumpster. They don't care, you're nobody. You, like they're tricking the young girls to think that because you're beautiful, you have power. You don't have power over these men. You only have powerful over the weak worm men who are feminine. But a man who is a cartel member, who is on Wall Street, who has money, who is a businessman, he has a yacht. These men, they use and burn women all the time. They'll make you think you're a princess. And when they're done, they will discard you or they'll pass you around their friends. And if you say no, they will blackmail you. They will haunt you. They will stalk you. They will hack your devices. They will make your life horrible until you submit to them and their weird desires. Or some of them will get you addicted to drugs. You will go hang out with them. They'll put some crack in your beer. They'll put some drugs in your beer. They'll drug you. They'll do anything they want with you. And you will be traumatized. And if you go to the police, they'll threaten you. And sometimes they can pay the police to go against you. People forget that entering into this uh, very dominant female sexual energy is a very huge gamble, very dangerous. So I would tell them, if you think it's going to be like you walking around and you're going to step on men's faces and you think you're going to be some powerful woman and you're never going to encounter violence from these men, no. Because even Beyonce was smacked by Jay-Z. Even Beyonce was cheated on. Jay-Z cheated on her. Mm. He was a drug dealer. 
right? He he sleeps with groupies, even though he has a very beautiful woman. Mm. So they think they can control these men. These men will do whatever they want. And if you have softer men, you're going to not even like them because they're so wormy. They're so like, ugh, you know, like there's something unnatural there because they have no backbone. They have no muscles. It's like they need protein. <laughs> they're not anything to be proud of. And this lifestyle that's very materialistic is very vapid. You have to watch out because these women, they love you when you're beautiful and you're like a model. Mm. And if you don't have the money to maintain the plastic surgery, you don't have the money to spend to go out to the galas, to go out to buy the dresses, to go on shopping, and you cannot handle the, the amounts of drug use, they are not going to want you to hang out with them. These parties at these mansions, these parties at these facilities, these brothels, it looks pretty with the lights, but when the lights come on and you're suffering from your drug addiction and you feel sick because of the drugs or you got an STD or you got pregnant or you're mentally scarred because you had to get an abortion because you slept with four dudes in one night while you were drunk, it's not going to be pretty. They show you only the filtered side. They show you only what it's like when the, the literal makeup and hair is perfect, but they don't show you once the, they exit the stage. They don't show you the walk of shame after you leave the mansion when the party's over. It's not going to be uh, as free as you think. You think you can go into these places and like when they have their masks on and they're having their weird orgy parties that you're going to say, I don't want to do this. They're going to say, you came here, you will do what we do, or we think you work for the FBI, or we think you're a police officer, and then they'll put a, they'll threaten you with a weapon. And then you'll be in there saying, I wish I would have never been here. Then you're going to realize that Shaitan, he doesn't just look like a devil with horns. <laughs> he comes in many expressions. Mm. And these feminists are lying to these girls about the dangers that come with the hypersexual lifestyle, that come with the money lifestyle, and the men who live by the dollar. These men are different. They're not worried about Allah. They're not worried about morality. They're got, they got so many women coming to them. You are replaceable. I mean, you'll be like 30 years old. You think you're going to have this guy who's like 50 years old. He can get a 21-year-old, a model from San Francisco, who she she's ready to smoke crack and get intimacy all night. And you say, oh, I'm 31. I want to have a baby with you. I love you. Hey, you've been passed around all my friends. Maybe I don't want you anymore. Goodbye. I want a young girl. They have an endless supply of young women. And you will be tired with a bunch of bad memories of getting passed around. And the feminist power, the girl power, won't be there. It won't be there. And then your womb will be polluted and you'll be alone. And my, some people like my mother, they suffer a lot from trauma of what their customers made them do. The money is fast. The money is extensive. And now my mother is poor. It goes away because you get addicted to drugs. She lost her children. She was one of the most beautiful women in Las Vegas. That's where she met my father. He went there. He bought her. He gave her money. He showered her. And then when he got bored of her, he went with her friend who was a dancer on stage who became my stepmom. And then he left her and got a new woman and a new woman and a new woman because he was wealthy. And then he, you know, did bad business deals and, you know, he, Allah led him down a path of punishment. But the point is, is that 
the, you think you're going to enter in there when you're beautiful and young and your body is fit and you think that you can have these men like this is the problem when we're young we have a big ego as women but gravity and time comes for every woman and you have to prepare for a family and the best years to have children i would say are in your 20s because your body bounces back the older you get it's a little harder and abraham's wife she was blessed by a lot to have children in her old age but it is hard to have children in your old age because you don't have the energy like when you're younger and if you're going to delay it because you want to party because you want to buy things because you want to be like just an object to be looked at remember younger women are being born every day and the supply of flesh is never ending you have to build your life on something more than just being a slave for your boss or just being an object for men and motherhood is a noble institution a valuable institution because when you're 70 years old and your kids don't love you they put you in an old folks home just watch the undercover cameras the undercover cameras of how the nurses abuse old people in the old folks home you die alone and your children don't come to visit you in those facilities and the smell in those facilities is horrible it's like a hell on earth and children who are not attached to their parents they put their kids in there I mean the the kids put their parents in there and this is a brutal way to die a slow agonizing death because your children didn't get bonded to you because you put them in a daycare you didn't visit them at school you went and hung out at night you put them with a nanny you weren't there for them they went through high school you didn't pay attention you were selfish thinking only about yourself now you're old your kids they they move away they leave you they don't visit you they don't call you and then you they put you in an old folks home to forget about you and you in a tiny little hospital room with a violent nurse who smacks you and your kids don't care they don't call you they don't visit you you die alone this is the cycle because i've been in those facilities it's a sad way to die i i tell my child please don't put me in one of these places because even the most expensive ones that are $70,000 a year this is a sad place to be you lay in a bed you stare at the tv and you die instead of being with your grandchildren and your family the feminist ideal tells you tears you away from your children there's a cycle there you take care of your children when they're little they take care of you when you're old because they need to protect you you know your children can protect you when you're old but if you break that bond you didn't breastfeed them you didn't nurse them you put them in a daycare you know you're not as attached and when i would tell them like okay i have to go i can't take as many classes cuz i want to be with my child they would look at me like i'm stupid like why don't you take more classes and i was just as smart as them but i sacrificed time for my kid but they chose their career but they look at you with this dirty mean look and i will never forget it because it's like that's something a little bit of iblis right there because if you don't love children and you don't want to protect them and you care more about money and fame and 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 titles you've forgotten what life is on this earth and allah has showed me from my childhood having a bad mother and a mother who was led astray and missing a mother not knowing and even my stepmothers were strippers too they were alcoholics my other stepmother she overdosed on drugs and died and it's now and it's like wow like 
you see it and you're like, this is not what they show on the TV. This is not what these artists say. And when you speak out against them, the left wing silences you. And that shows you the truth right there. They want us to not say anything because they want to make money off of us. They want you to get abortions, they make money. They want you to spend credit card debt, they make money. Go in debt for college. Then when you're old, you pay them for an old folks home instead of being in your child's house. Then when you're depressed, they want to give you pills. They want to pay you for therapy, psychology. You, it's like they treat you like anything they can do to make you have money. They make you hate your own body, plastic surgeons. Okay, give us 20,000, we'll make you love yourself. Everything they give us on the left side is all about money, materialism, and the body. And this is not sustainable. Whereas the religious side tells you, no, the dunya is temporary. Focus on the ahira, focus on the hereafter. Do good deeds, give charity. You know, take care of your children, love your husband, love your neighbor. Protect your, protect your area, be strong, be healthy, focus on Allah. These are different values that you don't care anymore about the stupid handbags. You don't care anymore about title worship, right? You, you care more about what am I doing and what am I going to be judged for when I die? And the left-wing side, the liberal atheists, that's not their prerogative. No, 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 no. This is about get money, live fast, die young, use drugs, have as much hedonism as possible. And that's what we're going to do. And then they get depressed and they kill themselves. So it's like, wow. So for me, growing up and seeing it, and, and then coming to California and seeing it, I'm like, this is all a giant lie. And then they make fun of you. Oh, you're religious. You know, what are you going to do? Pray all day? That's what your life is? You just pray all day? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing good things. Cooking, doing things, you know, I like it. I'm learning but I didn't, you know, like they, they really try to ridicule you because your righteousness bothers them because they have something missing. Their drugs is cannot fix it. Their alcohol cannot fix it. They're in debt. They go shopping all the time. They can't fix the hole. And then when you're happy with less, they call you the crazy one. So I would tell these young ones, don't go for the fame. Don't go for that. It's not going to be pretty. You're going to get passed around by the men. You're going to get beaten on by the women. It's not going to be a utopia. These feminists, they claim a big talk, but it's not, it's not as pretty as they paint it. And it's better for you to take care of your family, love a law, study the way you can, and have children. Children are amazing. Have children. That's what I'd say. SubhanAllah, sister, this is so powerful, the way that you've explained what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, when all the pretty lights are off, what goes on, what they don't show on television, they only show you what's good, what's glamorous, you know, but they don't show you the reality of what happens to these people who are in these industries that a lot of people aspire towards. Now, uh, I wanted to come to uh, the point where, you know, you have authors like uh, Betty Friedan, for example, who mentions that uh, the household or living in a, in a, in a family system is like a comfortable concentration camp. So you have, for example, a lot of feminist authors who are continuously trying to belittle the family system and always stressing on the fact that your career and everything else making money and stuff like that, this is more important than raising a family. So I wanted your take on this that, you know, any um, women who are watching and listening to this, uh, what would you advise them with regards to happiness itself? How can women be happy? And is happiness going to be found in having a family 
or is it that happiness can be found outside of the family as the feminist movement would have you believe that if you pursue your career, if you come to a high paying job, if you become so and so in your organization, that's when you'll find success and happiness. So I wanted your take on this. How would you define happiness for women? So one hard lesson I learned was I worked very hard for my bosses. Mm. I worked so hard I'd get nosebleeds. I worked very hard making them money, so hard. I didn't get the promotion. Somebody else got it. It was so, I would get so angry. Like, I'm working so hard. I'm working overtime. Why is it not working? Why is it not? And then I'd see somebody flirt with the boss mm. or buy a beer for the boss and flattery, and they get the promotion. And I said, you know what? There's no justice here. I spent how many hours here? For what? For what? I didn't get the goal. I didn't get it. Somebody else got it. And then I started realizing it doesn't matter how hard I work in this job. It's all I am is a stupid paycheck. I'm just a number. I'm just, and no one will miss me if I leave. No one cares. The truth is no one at your job cares about you. Hmm. Your boss says, you making the money this quarter? Yes or no? Okay. You know, you have to watch out. You start, you got, and then your managers, they come and they go. You get a new manager, another one, a new shift leader. There, you know, work is not life. It's not gonna fulfill you. Okay. And you get your money. Like I we used to when I worked in the kitchens, we would go have beers after work. Thank Allah. I don't we're not allowed to have intoxicants, but we would waste our money on going to the bar after. And it was like, what are we doing? Like, and I, you know, this is when I was like, you know, 21. And it was like, what? It's $4 a beer. How much of your paycheck you just spend on one night after work? Because you're so bored at work. You have to go out and have fun. It's not fulfilling. I just wasted all my money. I work to waste it. This is stupid. And so you start to wake up. So what these, what these young ones have to realize is, is that you can have hobbies at home that can fulfill you. This is why I love reading. This is why I try to promote women. Like every book, every mind, you learn something. You can share your knowledge. You can do crafts with kids. You can do, I have a garden. You can have a farm. You can do things at home and protect your children from the psychopathic weirdos that are everywhere. There's something very noble about being a strong woman who defends her property. For me, it's like, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy homeless people here. So we have gun rights in America where I have a gun and if I'm home and some criminal comes and tries to hurt my child, I can kill them, right? That's a very powerful thing for me. I can cook good food, practicing new recipes. You know, cooking is an awesome skill that women need to have. And I'm very good at cooking and you can get entertained all day with your prayers and cooking and crafting, painting, drawing. You can do all kinds of stuff at home to make money and to entertain yourself and to educate your kid, but you're there to protect your kid. When I would be at work, I would start to really miss my child. I started to get a little paranoid, like, is she okay? How is she? I miss her. And it would be like five hours and I'd be like, man, I don't wanna be here. I would get occupied in my mind. Like, why am I here talking to these customers? Like, I'm getting yelled at by my boss. I'm dealing with these horrible people. I want to be home with my kid, comfortable, happy, cleaning something, doing something. This is, that's a good life. I can't be exercising. 
I can be doing something else, you know? And I would tell them, you know, it's not going to be as this utopia. The, the work for me is like the grinder. That's the concentration camp mm-hmm. because your home, you're the master of your home. You're comfortable. You're protected from evil, crazy people, annoying customers, the evil, jealous women, and nasty, horny men. You're protected. And you can worship Allah. You can earn good deeds and try to get into paradise. And you can be paying attention to a lot. Like, for example, staying home, you can pay attention to certain political affairs going on. And you can go to the town halls and say, hey, I don't want to vote for this. But if you're at work all day, you come home, you're tired, you're not paying attention to what your politicians are doing. Mm. When you're at home, you pay attention to what's going on in your community, what the kids are doing outside, what the neighbors are doing. You go outside, you see if a criminal is stealing something, it's extra eyes watching. But if everybody's at work and all the criminals are stealing cars, home invasions, gangsters everywhere, you know, while you're at work and your kids in a daycare, somebody can be robbing your house. You know, you being home with weapons and doing other skills is a benefit to your community, to your family and your own safety and your mind. I mean, if you don't have to work, prepare your skills, yeah, which you can do without having to go in and, you know, go to a physical job, right? You can get skills that if you ever have to get a job, you'll have it. But if you don't have to, enjoy time staying home. It's a benefit, it's a bonus because work is not some happy place. Like TV shows like The Office on Netflix, they make it seem like work is cute and fun and you're gonna have time to talk. That's not how it is. Boss is gonna tell you, shut up, do your job. You're talking too much, get in your cubicle. I want the work done on my desk in two hours, you know? And it's just not that great. It's really not gonna be that fun for you so if you can have children and then let's say they say oh i want to go to a community college three days a week at least try part-time like let's say you want to work at a little coffee shop two days okay two days three days that's not bad but if you're going four five six days come on man from 7 a.m to seven o'clock at night come on you've never seen your little children and the nannies are raising your kids it's not good and then they wonder who their kids are and the kids don't respect them. And then what is your life? Your boss, like after two weeks, no one at work remembers you. That's what I would tell the young ones. No one's gonna remember you at your job. Nobody cares. Who cares? Your kid cares. When you have a child, you're the world to your kids. They love you. Oh, mommy, 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 I love you. But at work, it's just, oh, there's Nancy, there's Stephanie. Ah, they don't really care about you. If you died, they'd forget about you in two weeks. But if you died, your kid will remember you forever. And that is a sign for a people who reason. Your kids are the ones who will love you. And yes, some people have bad children. I understand. Pray to Allah for a good child. But your boss is not going to love you. You are a number. You are something on their payroll. And sure, they can say hi to you and buy you coffee and, you know, give you a coffee cup and, you know, a hat from the company. But at the end of the day, you are a number. You're, 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 you're a person there to do a specific job. And if you don't do it, bye. If you don't show up to work two times because you were sick, goodbye. I mean, you, they have no uh, attachment to you. You're a worker. But in your home, you are a mother. 
you're a mother, you're a wife, you're a sister, you're a Muslim. Every deed you do with your child, is it's a gift from Allah that you can be home, safe. Think about it, I tell them, think about it. Work is not as glamorous as they try to make it to be. Allahu Akbar, this is so true. I mean, uh, it's so important to value your family and know what your priorities are in life. I think it's all it all boils down to that. How do you prioritize your work, your family, your other commitments? So SubhanAllah, you've mentioned something really profound. Uh, I wanted to, inshallah, make my final question with regards to parenting and uh, how we can raise good daughters and good sons. Because a lot of times when you see uh, problems in society, a lot of time the feminist narrative would be that, you know, uh, teach your sons not to rape, teach your sons this and that. Okay, fine, fair enough, we understand. Uh, likewise, we should also teach our daughters certain things. So what would you advise uh, those people who are parents already or who are about to become parents? How should they raise up their daughters? And how should they raise up their sons to be decent, strong, Muslim men, how would you advise that parenting is to be done in this particular day and age? Okay, so to leave a legacy, for me personally, doing even the little tiny videos online is something that can help people learn something. Sharing your skills, the digital economy has allowed people to share things they may not have been able to share before. So you can have an imprint on people by having a physical club. So let's say, you have some sisters who have children and you, you're all stay-at-home Muslims. You can have a little club, a little tea party. Me and my daughter, we have a tea party. We make cute little sandwiches. We have a little tablecloth. We drink tea at a little cute cups and we have mommy and daughter time. Do little cute things for children. Fun little activities. You have a card game. You play Pokemon. You play chess. You do puzzles. You craft. You paint. You draw. You have all the little kids there and all the sisters. Each one of you brings food. You have a fun little celebration twice a week to keep the kids out of trouble. And then you become a shelter for them when, you know, you become a safe place for them to play because some parks, they have needles and drugs. You can't take your kids to the park in some places. Create a safe place for children away from the degeneracy and safe. That is a legacy. Making fun activities for kids is a legacy they can leave behind. And educate um, educate yourself. So let's say you, you want to read about the history of Spain. Okay, read about the history of Spain and tell it to your kid. They may get bored. Doesn't matter. Tell it to them. Tell it to the other kids. Tell somebody online. Make a Facebook page about the history of Spain. Who knows? Share every amount of knowledge you do. Literally be like Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, and share your knowledge constantly, no matter what app. You can be on any app. Make your own website. Share your knowledge. Buy a book. Get a book from the library. It's free. Make a web page. It's free. Share knowledge. Push knowledge out there to fight against the degeneracy of the music industry and the entertainment industry. And you may say, oh, only 10 people saw it. Doesn't matter. When you die, Maybe 20,000 people will see it. It stays there, okay? It stays there. We're, you have to compete endlessly to put good information out there. So that's what I would say is for the women, for the children, create a legacy through knowledge and giving knowledge and creating cute clubs for them. To have masculine boys, first off, you need to make sure that they're eating right. My little daughter, 
uh, she eats beef, we eat beef heart, cow tongue, organs. She sees, I was a butcher for a while. Mm -hmm. So she can see me how I butcher things, explain. I can, she sees me cooking. She sees, okay, this tea is for green tea. This is chamomile. This is this kind of coffee. I share skills. So for young boys, you need to make sure they're eating good quality meat, organic, pasture-raised, humane, certified, okay? Get them off the junk food. And I would say some mothers don't like this, but they can watch martial arts. Men need to see alpha men or just masculinity because they're getting feminine transgender stuff pushed on them mm. they're getting a very soft flamboyant girlish energy no let them see some military exercises of like cannons firing tanks firing you know take them to the gun range so they can practice shooting okay they say oh this violent no 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 if you don't teach them the gangs will teach them because it's natural to like strength. Even I love shooting. I love shooting. You can teach them in a good way, not the criminal way. Hmm. You can take them and show them, okay, this is martial arts. This is wrestling. This is jujitsu. And even if you can't afford a teacher, watch it. And they might, and at first it might be little, they may not like it. Oh, what's this mom? But they'll get used to it. And then you can have a special night, get some popcorn, make good sandwiches, make nachos watch a UFC fight for free. And then you have a little masculine night, right? You can talk about different boxers. You can talk about, you know, men, generals in the past. You, even if they're not good, like Genghis Khan. I read a biography of Genghis Khan. Mm. My little one knows about Genghis Khan. That doesn't mean we believe everything he did, mm. but you know about a leader in history. Teach your boys about, and your girls, but specifically your boys, about male leaders in history, eating good food, gun shooting ranges. If you can take them horseback riding, take them horseback riding. If you take them camping, get them camping. Don't just focus on football and soccer. No, I'd say focus on the, the combat sports. Bull riding is something that I really love. In Spain, they have running with the bulls. Mm. Maybe go there, take your kid to Spain and say, look how these young men, they, they run with the bulls. He doesn't have to. But to see it, to, to allow them to be men, to allow them to, and then have the conversation with your young boys about the dangers of beautiful women. Tell them about Yusuf, Joseph. Mm. Know that this woman may have the perfect body, but she may have a black soul. She may have a dark soul. Don't get tricked by beauty. Tell your boys about the power of a good woman and the damage of a bad, beautiful, lust woman to be careful, but to also know about psychological abuse. You have to teach your boys about psychological manipulation, how they're constantly being stimulated uh, with their organ to, to always be horny. It's very unhealthy for them. It makes them crazy. You know, to have them have a, a, an adult conversation where you say, watch out, don't let anybody touch you and be careful and be aware and be safe and be cautious. So teach your boys to eat good, to exercise, and to watch some military exercises, to, to, and also to watch military battles. They used to have um, different shows about the Greeks when they went with the Spartans and it was a reenactment. Maybe makes, uh, draw some helmets, like have some boys over and say, hey, draw a Spartan helmet. How would you draw your helmet? Uh, hey, let's go fix some bicycles.
do you want to go see a monster truck show? My grandpa used to take us to see monster truck shows. Mm -hmm. Things that are, you know, even with sticks in the yard, you can have a toy sword. Pretend you're some type of like, a, even if you're the mother, let's sword fight with sticks. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I play fight with my kids since she was three years old. Any bully comes to her, boy or girl, going to get handled. Teach your boy to, to know that he is a man and tell him it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be a man. Tell him he needs to hear it because right now he's being told he's bad. And do not put him on estrogen. Do not put him on Ritalin. And if he doesn't pay attention in school like the girls, tell him, you know what, son? Entrepreneurs, life is endless. It's in the hands of Allah. You will be whatever Allah destines you to be and will study, but you need exercise. Let them be boys to play zombie games, shooting guns. Let them be boys, right? And let them play in the mud. Let them, you know, throw rocks in the ocean. Let them pick up fish. Let them, uh, you know, if you, if you go and hunt an elk, let them practice skinning it. Like, let them see what it is to be a man on earth. So don't hide them and shelter them. And if you can't take them physically, let them watch it. And if they get squeamish, oh, I don't want to see. Say, no, 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 son, watch it. Come on, come on, come on. Get over it. And he'll get over it. Otherwise, he's going to get attracted to the bad men mm. who are going to say, son, this is what gang life is. This is masculinity. And then he's going to get confused mm. because he's going to want to see the ladies. If he comes soft, the girls ignore him. He's going to say, like, how do I make the ladies look at me? It's natural. Mm -hmm. And if the gang guys say, this is how you make them look at you, he's going to go with them. You're going to be a mother. You're going to say, oh, no, what happened to my son? Well, you, couldn't, you didn't show him righteous masculinity. And now negative masculinity came in and took him away. So teach him when they're young and allow them to be men and tell them how they can control themselves around women i say that would be a good a good advice for masculinity and this is what i tell my brothers because two of them on my mother's side their fathers are dead mm. so i have to work on that and i would also say we need more muslim men to create uh uh channels of masculinity on youtube we need it we need more male muslim men coming and saying this is a man this is how you trim your beard. This is how you exercise. This is how you eat right. This is what it means to be a man, not the red pill stuff, because that's that's dangerous. That's bida. That's innovation. That's no, that's not, that's not, no. We need like the Sahaba. We need like according to the Sunnah, after the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, according to what the scholars say, the ulema, where's what we need? And it's there, right? And talk to them about polygamy. Tell them it's okay to have a second, third wife if you provide for them. Mm -hmm. Don't hide and say, no, you can only have one. And tell them about polygamy in a good way. Otherwise, the pimps, like Floyd Mayweather, they'll teach them the bad way. And, and it's like, no, 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 that's the bad way to have women. Here's the good way. Marriage, my son. Marriage, my son. A woman, a good Muslimah, four good Muslimah women who you provide for. That's a good. That's good. Not... 12 women who are very lazy and want to only spend your money. No, 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 no. Teach them about it. Talk to them about it. And that's one way we can help them become more masculine because we have to do it. The feminization, let me tell you, in California is getting very bad. So bad. 
and it's only going to get worse and they censor you online if you go against them. So what we have to do, we have to be smart. Instead of saying we don't like this uh, feminization, we have to say, here's what masculinity is. They can't censor that. <laughs> but if we go against them in the front, they'll censor us. They, they're waiting to ban us. They're waiting to ban us. They want us to shut up and go away. And they want our kids in public schools to try to teach them to be feminine. Oh, you can be a girl. You can wear makeup. You can paint your nails. You can wear a wig. You can wear your mom's bra. They teach them this against your will. So what we have to do is make videos online, make clubs outside, and to talk about it in the, the masjids as well. The masjids should have, the imam should have a way of being a, a masculinity guard as well. The, there should be nights for boys only at the masjids where they talk about the Sahaba, Khalid bin al-Walid, talk about the battles, talk about the masculinity of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, how you should get married. There should be every week something going on. The masjid should be a place where people can go in that way so that we can save the children because what's here in California is coming, it's coming through the digital media. And when it arrives to you, you're going to be horrified. And then when you speak out about it, they'll say, oh, we'll get you fired from your job. We'll, 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 we'll close your business. They, they'll riot. They'll smash their car. The Antifa left-wing activists, the anarchist, atheist, communists, they will smash up your car. They'll spray paint your home. They'll do anything they can. They, they spray paint churches. They attack churches. How long before they attack masjids? Mm -hmm. They're radical and they're only getting stronger. I live, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. I see it with my own eyes and they censor us online. So we have to be smart. So if we can't say we don't like feminization, well, we have to say, here's what masculinity is. So that's what I'd say. All of us together, all of us together, that's how we do it. Subhanallah, sister, thank you so much and Jazakallah Khair for sharing these valuable points with us. Uh, Alhamdulillah, we at Youth Club uh, do a lot of these things already. Mashallah, we have a wilderness retreat uh, or what we now call the recreational and spiritual trip where we take young boys out into the wilderness and uh, they just basically be a part with nature and there we there's leadership training and a lot of other things going on which normally they don't get to experience uh, you know from school or even from their own homes we have events in the masjid which we call lock up masjid where uh, we take a bunch of boys and we'll take them to the masjid they'll spend the night there they'll be playing games they'll be you know engaging in the zikr of allah they'll be remembering allah there'll be lectures and talks so th this it's a complete environment that is also provided to them and likewise there are many many sporting opportunities as well and we do this by the way for uh, boys and girls we have girl uh, only events as well so alhamdulillah i think that's where the solution really lies where we have to understand the importance of raising a family, importance of raising, doing tarbiyah of our youth, because unfortunately it is a sad reality that our schools have failed in that. I mean, they might be teaching them English or mathematics or sciences, but they have failed to teach them good ethical moral values. And they have stopped teaching our men to be real men and our women to be real women. And this is where the family comes in. We have to understand how important the role of the family is. Because if you look at the other side, you know, it's, you, you're born into a corporation and you die within a corporation. Like for example, as soon as you're born into a hospital, you get vaccinated by a hospital, 
you go into a corporate daycare, then you go to a corporate uh, Montessori corporate school, then a college, university, all corporations. Then you go to a nine to five job, also a corporation, and until you die, or before that you go into an old age home, again a corporation, and then the state gives you a funeral, and that's pretty much it. And I've seen this living in the West myself, in the UK, in Australia, I've seen this how people, they go through this very, very sad existence. A lot of people, it's a reality for a lot of people. So I think we need to really wake up our ummah to what is being fed to them in very beautiful and flowery words as liberalism or feminism and make them realize that true happiness comes with the family unit and in the remembrance of Allah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah bi zikrillahi tatmainul kulub, that only in the remembrance of Allah will your hearts find rest. And knowing our purpose, which basically defines who we are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Zariyat, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ that we did not create the jinn or mankind for any purpose except that they worship Allah subhanahu wa You know, eventually we, have, we all have to go back to Allah. Eventually we all have to go back. So I think it's very important to understand and ground ourselves uh, on the very basics of our deen. And I think if we do that, inshallah, we can make our community strong, we can make our family strong, and we can have uh, a lot of fun doing that. I mean, who says, you know, raising a family and being with your family is supposed to be a bad thing or it's supposed to be a boring thing? Rather, it can be one of the most fulfilling and satisfying things ever in the world. So, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking out the time. Jazakallah khair for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, inshallah, I hope that we can, uh, you know, have sessions like this in future as well, where we talk about, you know, how we can polish the mind, the body, and the soul, and make, you know, individuals holistically good in all of these areas. So, thank you so much once again, and Jazakallah khair. Yes, thank you for everything. Thank you for the invitation. So to all my viewers and listeners, thank you so much for tuning in as you guys always do every week. I do apologize because we had to do this entire show in the English language because we had a very special guest uh, all the way joining us from the United States. So inshallah, I'll see you guys now next week, same time, same channel. Until then, do take care of yourselves. My sincere du'as for you and for your family members. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.